didn't record. Hey everyone, this is Trey Tedford with uh, Jack McQuiston and Kyle Johnson, Sports Down South. Uh, I believe now we're on our, I think, fifth or sixth episode. Uh, we have a good one for you today, talking about the Masters, a little bit about college basketball ending. Uh, how are you guys doing this evening? Ahead, I'm living Jack. the dream, Trey. Uh, tough to tough to do, uh, tough job, but somebody's got to do it. Um, it's not much of a dream, more like a nightmare sometimes, but we're making it. But what about you, Kyle? I'm doing great. You know, uh, I think I'm pretty much living my dream. Who else could uh, be honored enough to be in a podcast with you two idiots? <laughs> Perfect. Well, I guess the big thing is let's talk a little bit about that NCAA tournament, uh, a little bit about the Final Four and the final game. Uh, I believe we were all wrong with our predictions. Um, having Michigan and Villanova in the final. I beg to differ, sir. I told you. I told you Michigan over Nova. Jay Wright, after I hit on him, I told him he was going to cut the nets down. And sure enough, yep. it happened. And so. I could I could be wrong. We should pull the transcript of the last pod. But I, I was sure. definitely wrong about Loyola. But I think I said, no matter who they play, Nova is going to smack whoever they play by double digits, which actually they beat everybody in the tournament by double digits. Fun fact there. There it is. Well, also, there are two national championship runs. Um, uh, I don't know this off the top of my head, but I looked it up, and it sounded really cool, so I'm going to say it verbatim to you. Uh, there are two national championships. They went 6-0 and against the spread both times, so two natties, 12-0 and against the spread. That's pretty good gambling-wise, I would say. Hey. Actually, actually, Jack, you're, I saw that same stat somewhere along Twitter. I, I, you're making a good point, though. We're probably – I think Nova, maybe the more – like most in recent years, like underrated how good they were on the year. I looked it up before – they were 27-12-1 against the spread on the year, which uh, for anyone who doesn't gamble, that's really, really, that's, I don't know, what's that, 70%? That's incredible on the year. Right. Well, uh, KenPom.com, too, everybody was making a big deal about how great Virginia was defensively to start the year, about how, you know, they have the best defensive stats of all time, whatever it is, like efficiency-wise. Uh, but it turns out Villanova actually ended the year the best college basketball team uh, offensive efficiency-wise of all time, of any team you could ever imagine So um, that's ever played college basketball, according to KenPom.com. So that's pretty awesome. sweet. Awesome. So I guess it makes sense that they won, right? Right. Huge stats guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I mean, I think it was – I guess what, are you, what was the best moment in this whole tournament for you guys and – I mean, what was the, you know, the worst part about it? I think, honestly, for me, the best moment was uh, a 16 seed uh, finally beating the uh, overall number one seed. Having that finally be uh, nipped in the bud, I think that was awesome. Um, the worst thing is – against the green there, Trey. We really didn't expect you to say that was the best thing ever. <laughs> of course. And then uh, – <laughs> What's it called? Um, I kind of didn't like the national championship game being so lopsided. It was kind of boring to watch once it didn't feel like a national championship game. I think that was the worst part about the tournament. Where do y'all – What about the super late too, man? Like, it started at 8.20. I know – I mean, I'm central time or whatever, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, but it got over super late. Having work the next day too, I don't know like, how, how ratings went or whatever. I mean, it was a pretty garbage game in the second half anyway unless you gambled on it and then you swept the total with me. But, um, yeah, it, it was super not fun. I mean, 
to be honest with you, uh, Novo probably would have thrilled anybody. I mean, they, they were just way too good for everybody. Uh, I'm going to go with the best thing is Loyola Chicago. Um, the, the Ramblers, I'm a rambling man and I'm a gambling man. And that's what college basketball is all about, right? The, the no-name team, the 11 seed, people that, you know, you've never heard of, um, you know, going to the Final Four, just what dreams are made of, the one shining moment. Um, I think that's great. What do you think, Kyle? Uh, I'll go – I mean, let's go with – let's start with my worst part. Um, my worst part is that my Devils didn't win it. My Blue Devils didn't win it all. Uh, y'all obviously stole the best two storylines. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll kind of piggyback off of you, Jack. I'm not going to hop on the underdog being a good – or Will, I'm making it so far, but that Sister Jean was really the highlight of the entire tournament. Um, so that's always fun. It, I mean, it's always fun – just throughout the year, you see, or every tournament, you have that one team that just makes it so far. Always a good storyline. Always a bunch of cool stories that go, you know, come out. VCU a few years ago, Florida Gulf Coast a few years ago. So I don't know. It makes you. I, what I what I think is always cool about it. It makes you aware of these schools that without the tournament, you would. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I went to Loyola Chicago for a work thing like a month ago, and I legitimately, legitimately knew nothing about Loyola. I just couldn't even told you they're in the tournament. Um, so it's just cool every year, I guess, to like get more up to date on like, or just find out about these schools and these cool storylines, I guess is a good way to put it. And I'm going to yeah, actually go, go ahead. Uh, I think Trey brought it up last time, about, uh, you know, how the national championship should be like a series, like, uh, like kind of like we were going with that really, really bad, uh, CBI tournament, the best of three or whatever. And I think that takes away from it. I think that's why the NCAA tournament is so good. So I, I, I you know, it's the best time of the year for me. Um, can't beat it. I got I got one other one that I always like for every year it happens, and I like progressively forget it happens. Is how good the first round is every year. There's always like a a, few, a couple buzzer beaters. Like probably it it seems like I don't know it off the top of my head. Like at least five games that come down to the last second or two. Like it's always way better basketball than I ever remember. And I'm surprised every year by how good so many of the games are. So that's definitely a good surprise every March. Yeah. Right. Well, the first game this year, if you remember, it was Oklahoma and Rhode Island and it went to overtime, but the Trey Young uh, show went down. Uh, But what, you know, what a kickoff to start first game of the year going to overtime. That kind of goes into the worst part of the tournament for me. The worst part of the tournament is after, uh, the first and second round games that weekend, that Monday, it's like the hangover. You don't have any basketball to watch, and that's the worst part. So somebody definitely needs to come in and take advantage of that and throw me some Monday terribly degenerate games so I can have something to gamble on that day, get my picks in. I thought that's what the CBI and the NIT were for, and then the other was CIT <laughs> or whatever the other one is that I didn't even know existed until you told me. Maybe some day games, though. Maybe, you know, I'm sitting there at work on Monday, and I'm really bored, and I have something to watch that's not – some so, I don't even so, know degenerate Russian league soccer game. So Trey, Trey, what he's telling us is that whoever's the promoters of these basketball tournaments listening to this podcast should definitely start uh, putting day games on the Monday <laughs> after the tournament just to please Jack's gambling needs. <laughs> how much? How much do you think we would like? What do you think the process would be for us to start our own tournament, like a, a, t- a terrible tournament? What, what do you think we have to go about doing that to, to make that happen on Monday? Just the day games only. <laughs> I, mean, well, I mean, Jack, we have a hard enough time coming at meeting every week just to do this. I don't know if we have <laughs> the ability to, to, even, to even get a tournament going. The only, I think the best way to do it is we need 
three sons that are immediate, I mean, really good at basketball. One of them that plays for the Lakers. And then, I mean, it works. We could start, we could start basically sponsoring a league in Lithuania like he did, and then potentially start a mini pro league. So we could be the LeVar ball, but the marketing genius. So I guess it looks like we're going to harp about every week somehow. Right. We got to come up with our own brand though. I don't know. I mean, we can still be big ballers, but um, I don't know. <laughs> I feel it's like that already got copyright on it. Right after we don't get sponsorship from McDonald's and we do Burger King because they're so good, we'll also start our own basketball tournament with a really terrible team like Memphis. So, <laughs> anymore though. <laughs> well, uh, I know, Kyle, something that really kind of irks you a little bit is the beautiful CBS Sports way too early predictions. Uh, I guess, what do you have for us on the on the way to early predictions? I, I it like literally boils my blood every year when I see early. They'll even like it's starting to become a joke, like the two early uh, rankings for next year. Like next year that I was watching ESPN, I think it was yesterday, a couple of days ago. And I can't remember who was on, but they're arguing about who should be the favorite next year. Like, should it be Duke or I can't even remember who else it was. Kentucky, Kansas, Nova, one of the few. And it's so premature. It's just. I don't know. They're like, and even worse, the odds are so bad. Like, I think Duke next year, I, I can't remember if I made like six to one to win it. And I mean, clearly they're loaded. They're losing a bunch of guys, but they, bring, I think they have number one recruiting class, bring on Zion, Zion Williams, whatever. But it just boils my blood like every year how stupid those rankings are. Like, it was maybe four years ago, North Carolina, number one, predicted to win it all, and they didn't even make the tournament. Like, they had a bunch of freshmen come in, they're all bust. I don't know, just based so much on, the class you're bringing in, which are going to be a bunch of freshmen, and so many of them are unproven. I don't know. It just, like, legitimately makes me mad how stupid those rankings are ahead of time. I, and looking ahead, I looked at last year's – I am mad about it, but I looked at last year's, the top five last year, Duke made it to the lead eight, Michigan State, I think they got knocked out uh, round of 32 or maybe Sweet 16, Arizona lost in the first round, Kansas, obviously Final Four, UK, they had that terrible bracket. They got knocked out in the Sweet 16. So, and then Nova was six. So, as much as I did, it makes my blood boil. It looks like this year's wasn't that bad, other than maybe Arizona. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's coming with those two? It's all the blue chips. So, I mean, it's not really like you're you're going off the you know off the wall and making some crazy bold prediction. You're just picking all these notoriously good programs. So, I mean, I, I agree with you. There's no really good point in doing that. You don't uh, the hot take, if you will. I think the the best part about it for me was is uh, seeing the Tennessee fans being so hyped about it. Uh, they got a five ranking, and you know how the beautiful Tennessee fans are. Uh, whenever they see themselves in the polls, they get they get a little they get a little hard on going. So seeing them get a little excited just to be able to have their dreams crushed next year by Penny um, really kind of <laughs> made me a little happier inside. Uh, but other than that, Kyle, you're right on. This these predictions are garbage. Uh, don't even need to be said. Um, I mean, they do it for football too, and it's garbage. Uh, they just need to quit doing them and just go on to the next sport. Yeah, t- totally agreed. I know uh, my dad may listen to this. He'll get his blood's going to be boiling. I'm sure he'll fire me a text as soon as he hears this that uh, Tennessee, you know, next year's their their year, probably football and basketball. It seems like now they're getting on the basketball wave of next year. There's their year, and also their their football team uh, is. Th- they're life champions for one and two. Next year is their year. So uh, be looking out, Alabama, even though they haven't won the SEC once in the last 10 years. Or, no, they haven't won it. I don't even remember the last time they won it, maybe 10 years ago. But next year is their year, right, Jack? 
Yeah, right. Look at you just throwing out your dad. A little, little smooth little shout out to the 12 people that are here. That's your dad about the text message <laughs> conversation you have. So I, I, I'll just give a shout. Hey, mom, um, you didn't say anything, but what's up? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, well, next, basketball's over. Baseball's here. It sucks. So, hey, why not talk about the Masters? It's the most beautiful golf course in the nation, in the world. Uh, great golf tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not allowing people to say dilly dilly this year. So, I mean, that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I guess, what are y'all's takes on the masters this year? Jeff? I think that's a good thing to start off with. Um, you know, the masters, it's like, you know, the, the, the tradition of the masters is unlike any other, whatever CBS has their, their slogan has, um, it, it's really interesting, because, you know, how golf's going, you see all these soft players getting mad. And just, you know, if they yell, if they heckle them or whatever. I agree they shouldn't, you know, yell at them, like, in their backswing or anything like that. But, I mean, if they're just walking down the course, man, that's part of it. You're an athlete. You're supposed to have, like, laser focus. So stop being so soft. I I do agree that uh, Dilly Dilly is the worst thing that's ever invented. Um, I, I think it's garbage. And anyone that still says that is not my friend anymore. <laughs> Um, well, I'll, I will disagree with you, Jack, because it's got so popular. It's incredible marketing idea by, by the light, but, uh, that's, I do agree. It's incredibly annoying. Um, I'm burning will, bridges. <laughs> yeah, we can't keep burning all these sponsorship bridges <laughs> for the future, the future sponsorship, especially if we're going to create this basketball. The main thing, um, the main anyways, thing. uh, I mean, yeah, you could, you could, we could spend the next hour talking about how cool the masters is. Uh, I mean, it's, they're not the nicest, I mean, most beautiful golf course in the world. Like you said, it has a ton of tradition. Um, and, and a bunch of small things, probably most people don't know, like they like pick up all the pine cones, like all throughout. You never see a piece of trash on TV because they have people throughout the crowd who pick up trash if they ever see it on the ground. They wrap everything in green. So if something does get dropped on the ground, it's on camera. It doesn't look like trash. Like they have their attention to details insane it was like maybe four i don't know within the last eight to ten years maybe even within the last five they got um obviously they're known for like their azaleas blooming at this time they got like a, a cold freeze two weeks before the masters and this is like how well prepared they are they like dug up all the azaleas like got them from some other place in florida that they have like special especially for this and brought them all in like the week before the masters that way like the azaleas weren't ruined for the tournament uh another not fun not fact big nature guy Big nature guy. Well, fun fact: people also don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm probably butchering how it's described, but their greens have like a I think it's called a sub air system. So basically, their greens they like they don't water them like a traditional golf course. Like they're watered underneath, and they can also like pull moisture out of them. So I was reading something earlier today. It's it's I think the weather's supposed to be bad this week, but I, unlike a traditional course that doesn't have a sub air system, when it, it rains a lot, obviously greens slow down. The Masters actually has like they're so their greens are so high tech and the systems are so high tech they can like drain the water out of them so that the greens maybe are a little slower but still run as fast so i mean little stuff like that is just crazy that there's that much money and like that much that goes into it it's it's literally insane yeah so so what i took from that is if anyone needs their yard sodded or needs to pick out some beautiful flowers college your guy <laughs> yeah, or you can hire the people to do it at the Masters. Probably, you know, same fees. Blah. <laughs> no, but you're right too. Like, uh, even like uh, you, you said, attention to detail. Like, even the concession. It's like they have notoriously cheap concession stand prices. Not 
Masters and I'm allowed to do that. And it's all branded Masters. So if you get a, a bottle of water, it's Masters brand. If you get, uh, you know, a drink, it's in a cup, it's in a Masters cup. Like uh, the Masters moon pies with the, the packaging as far as that goes, the sandwiches, stuff like that. So it, it's um, just the little stuff, man. It's old school, traditional golf. You can't bring your phones in um, Thursday through Sunday. Uh, which is awesome. You kind of lose all like touch. Yeah, everybody's addicted to their phones anyway. But um, yeah, you, you just have to sit there and actually enjoy uh, being in the moment and being at that great event, right? Of course. Uh, and and what also is amazing about the Masters is just like every other major sporting event, uh, they have prop bets. And I don't know about y'all, but seeing all the prop bets about Tiger Woods is literally just making me shake right now. I'm so excited. Uh, to be able to watch him play tomorrow and see what he can do, uh, I guess. What are some of the prop bets that y'all that y'all are seeing that are that are hilarious or just outrageous? I'll, I'll go with one that I didn't see: is that what are the chances Tony Finau <laughs> dislocates his ankle before the tournament starts? I imagine there would have been a big <laughs> steep line on that. I don't know if you saw, but Tony Finau, who's if you don't watch out of golf, is really good. He's a little bit younger player, hits the ball a mile. Um, he hit a hole in one in the par three contest today. And as he's like running around celebrating, he like either twisted or like dislocated his ankle. Like, I don't even, he might've withdrew already. I'm not sure. Like, so like he, no, he hit all kinds of it. I think, I think I, I read, go ahead. He popped it back in too. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's going crazy and he popped it back in. Like, is that like a real thing? Like, are you just out with the gangster that you pop your dislocated ankle back in and just, oh, no big deal. Just have a day in the life of Tony Finau. Yeah, well, actually, I'm reading. I'm reading the report. Uh, he's, he had. He's getting X-rays done tonight. Uh, no breaks. It says he's going to MRI in the morning, and if if nothing's wrong with MRI, he's going to play. But anyways, I didn't see that prop bet. Unfortunately, I do have a good one for you. And Jack, how about I'll read it out, and you you tell me what the line think what you think it should be. Will the uh, leader? All right. Will the leader hit the ball into the water on twelve during the final round? Which if anybody oh watches goodness. the Masters every year, Jordan Spieth two years ago was leading by like three or four shots, hits it, dunks it twice in the water on 12, ends up losing by a couple shots to Danny Willett. So will the leader on 12 hit in the water, yes or no? And what are your odds that you think it'd be? Only, only in the final round, is that right? Only in the a leader final round. Is there a yes and no for it? There is a yes and a no. Okay. Um, I'm going to say... No is minus 200, yes is plus 125. So the reason I put, pointed this out is this would be my favorite prop bet. If you can find it somewhere and bet it, it's minus 115 either way. And I feel like the Whoa. no is an automatic. I mean, if you're leading the tournament, <laughs> anyone who has any memory knows Jordan Spieth just did it. Like, I mean, that's a really hard tee shot, even though it's like an eight iron usually or nine iron for most of the guys is – you're never going to miss it. You shouldn't ever miss it short right. And I feel like Jordan Spieth, I hope, has taught the field that. But minus 115, no, seems like the lock of the century. For sure. That sounds like a fantastic bet. I also saw the same bet, but it was only for Spieth. Uh, will Spieth hit, it, hit the ball on hole 12 in the water this entire weekend? Uh, it's, a yes or, <laughs> it's a yes or no. Um, I guess, Jack and Kyle, what do y'all think those odds are? Oh, man, all, all week? All, like, all, so all four rounds? All, yeah, all four rounds. Uh, it's probably similar to what, what Kyle just spit off. It's probably the same both ways, probably minus 120, something like that. I'm going to say no is minus 150. Yes is like plus 120. Kyle, you're kind of close. Yes is uh, plus 140, and no was a minus 190. 
So I should, I should make odds. I mean, that guy has – I don't – I think he actually played 12 relatively well last year because I know he's getting hounded before the tournament about whether he had blocked it out of his mind or not. So my, my, my the money there should be on no, but – you know, speed surprised me one time. He might surprise me again. Yeah, exactly. So I, uh, I got two prop bets for you. Um, since, uh, since Trey thinks Tiger's back, um, the most degenerate thing I can think of, all eyes on Tiger for that first tee shot. And I would take Tiger to hit the ball in the fairway on his first tee shot. And what do you think those odds are since we're playing the <laughs> can you guess again? Trey, I'll let, you, I'll let you butcher this one first. Yeah, I feel like uh, hitting the fairway, he hasn't been doing too well on that. I guess that's going to be probably like a – it should probably be minus 115 both ways, yes or no. I feel like there's like a – it's like a kind of coin toss. The number one – if I remember right, number one, the tee shot at the Masters isn't that hard. This bunker off the pretty, right, pretty, I believe. It's pretty ahead, easy shot. Yeah, I was going to say it's pretty uh, easy pretty, pretty, pretty – I mean – the Masters isn't known for really intimidatingly hard tee shots or long rough or anything of that nature. I, but right. man, Tiger is known to, especially in recent years, he's been hitting it off the planet off the tee. So I'm going to go, he misses the fairway. So misses, I guess, however it's worded, I think he misses the fairway is probably the favorite here, probably minus 135. He hits the fairway, probably plus 110. Oh my God. How is how dare you disrespect Big Cat like that? I'm disrespect. I mean, I, we'll get into Tiger and my thoughts of him later, but give, just let's get so, the odds back. Yeah, so, so the odds for him to hit the fairway, um, minus 150 to miss the fairway, plus 110. Uh, so I'll give you the quit your nine to five and move to Macau. Lock of the Masters is Tiger Woods, Club Twirls, that bad boy in the fairway. The first he's got. <laughs> All right. I got a good one, and I'll get your thoughts, and then I'll give you the odds. I mean, the first one, I don't know the odds. What do you think the over-under um, – actually, I'll just get, get kind of straight to it. The over-under is even money of on what number of what's the highest score any player will record on any hole during the week. So any player during the week, what's the worst score that's going to be made? It's even money both ways. It's a level line, but what is that number? All week, any mm. player. I'm going to say – I'm going to go with eight. Eight. Okay, Jack. Uh, uh, if it's even money both ways, then it's going to be ten. Trey, you should. You're a sharp uh, golfing gambler. <laughs> it's eight, and I'm thinking one of these what? amateurs or one of these like Larry Maz or somebody who's fucking sixty-five years old shouldn't even be playing anymore is gonna is gonna make like a nine or ten out there. One of these amateurs that sure. like was runner up in the USAM or whoever. Or won the English am or whatever these random exemptions are. Hey, Someone's going to make a nine or a ten. Tommy Cleveland like that. <laughs> Somebody's going to make like a ten out there. But I mean, so hey, it's my money would be all over the over. Is Smiley Coffin out there? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Smiley made it this year. He's been uh, having a rough couple of years. <laughs> but he, these he are some good bets, guys. Keep these going. <laughs> I think we can get rich off of this. <laughs> easily, easily. Um. um I'll give you I'll give you another one too. Um, so one more sneaky good one I think is for there to be a playoff is three to one. So I, I don't really have anything cool to say, but I think that would be a, a good bet to sweat on Sunday if it's close. Um, if you don't have anybody that you bet on otherwise in contention, is just go for the playoff for for three to one. 
that's actually kind of awesome. Um, there's also one that you could bet on that what nationality wins, <laughs> or if you're a nationality, uh, who has the highest score for that nationality? <laughs> is that uh, is that so not 2018? Is that a that is not, that's very, not very PC at all? <laughs> I'm just saying that's exactly exactly. <laughs> I'm just reading what it said. You're trying to get our, uh, our listeners trouble, dude. <laughs> Even worse, I assume the African American odds to win are the exact same as Tigers. I'm assuming. I don't think there's another African American in the field. VJ Singh. Uh, there's no. He's oh, he, 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 he. Yeah, he's he's from Fiji, so I don't. Is think it Fiji? Is it Fijian? Is it? Fiji? What are you? You're from Fiji. I was just going to say from Fiji. That way I didn't butcher it. <laughs> I mean, I was trying to go for it, man. I I, I went all in on, on Fiji. Fijian? Fijian. <laughs> sure, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. <laughs> all right, well, enough of that. Uh, contender, pretender, big spender. Uh, Jack, who is your contender in this in this title or for the Masters? Yeah, so basically what uh, – we're basically making three picks. You got your contender, somebody that's kind of a dark horse. You never know. You got a pretender, somebody that's going to lay an egg um, and make that over an eight that we're talking about and just a cut. Um, and then the big spender um, didn't have anything else for it, but it rhymes. So I'm um, really cool. And uh, the winner would be the big spender because they're making all the cash. So, uh, so just to record, we have a dark horse. We have who's overrated and a winner just to avoid the, uh, the, the rhyming. Yeah, they can't use your logic there then. Yes, Kyle, you're correct. <laughs> so I'll uh, I'll start with contender first. Our dark horse, the contender that I have is my British boy Tommy Fleetwood at forty to one. Um, he's a really good ball striker. Uh, to be honest, Augusta's not that hard of a course if you keep it, uh, you know, in the fairway, make some putts. Who knows what could happen? So my contender is Tommy Fleetwood, forty to one. I'm gonna. Have- uh, on- where this is, I'll, I'll or go ahead, Trey. Go yeah. ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, my boy Alex Noren. I've been following this man for the past uh, month or and a half, betting on him for top tens. He's won me a ton of money. I'm going with him to win the Masters or being a contender or in contention to win it. Uh, he's a 40 to one odds. Uh, he got tied for second at Farmers, third place at WC Match Play. Just been playing some incredible golf. Um, so I, I think he's the one that can come out and. Uh, on this course and just score high or score low. Uh, y'all, let's hold on. Let me, I have them pulled up. Jack, who did you give again? Fleetwood. Tommy Fleetwood, my friend. All right. So Fleetwood plus four, 45 to one to win. So he's a dog, but not that much of a dog. And you gave Alex Noren. I'm done. Dear God. That's pretty, that's a lot. A do- and you just referred to him as a dog to win in the future, sir. Even degenerate. 45 to 1. Alex Norton also 45 to 1 because I'm, I take this to heart and I'm going real dark horse. I'm going 80 to 1. Brian Harmon. And I have a lot of stats to prove that. Oh, God. Stats, I, mean, I, I got about three. One, I'll, okay. let you, I'll, give, I'll give you one guess for a million dollars, Jack. Who leads the tour in top tens this year? Alex Norton. Man, <laughs> I'm going to go with Brian Harmon, dude. He does. He has seven top tens. Oh my God! Give me a million dollars. He'd be a millionaire. But there's a a lot of of practical reasons. One, he's left-handed. I'm sure, as you know, uh, probably let's see, Mike Weir in like 0304. Bubba's won twice. Phil's won three times since then. Six of the last 15-ish Masters have been won by left-handers. 
mean, and yeah. there's only what maybe five guys on tour that are left-handed that are in the top 200. It's he's a bulldog, as well, right? He went to Georgia. He is. Go dogs. Um, yeah, isn't that kind of sneaky that he's lefty? And so is Bubba. Yeah. Both yeah. Georgia. Wow. Math. Um, wow. <laughs> relatable. Yeah. Anyways, it, the the course sets up for a right to left ball flight. That's a draw for a right-hander, a cut for the left-hander, so you can take it in a lot softer in the cut. Um, so I really like Brian Harmon this year uh, as my dog, my my real dog, not my damn near favorite. Like y'all, you got eighty to one Brian Harmon. You know, once it wins, put your kids through college with that money, <laughs> and that, or move to Macau and be a real fun guy like me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus, I guess. All right, then who is uh, the overrated player for you guys? Oh. <laughs> let me tee off on – let me uh, – Jack, go ahead. I'm going to tee off on this one. I got all uh, an hour to talk about this one. Well, I don't know if I can follow up your great story, so I'll go ahead and start. I think the pretender is being the winner from last week and the devil of the Ryder Cup, which we all hate and love as an American, Ian Poulter. Um He's just not good, man. Um, I don't like the guy. Everybody's going to think he's hot, especially all these foreign guys. Oh, Ian Poulter's coming in off that super great win at the Shell Houston Open. Middle of nowhere, garbage course in Texas. Houston's a terrible city, by the way. Um, he, he's a pretender to me. He's 16 to 1, I believe. Um, and I will never, ever be a fan of Ian Poulter. Um, unless I bet on Arsenal. That's about it. But uh, that's not <laughs> It's 55 to 1 from what I'm looking at. But. I don't disagree. I, I hate I hate hate him, Poulter. He's murders <laughs> killed us in the Ryder Cup too many times, which makes me hate him. His hairstyle sucks. He wears visors. <laughs> I mean, like I could go all day. Uh, oh, anyways, one. I mean, one. Jack, while we're on the who we hate, also if Bubba wins, I may never watch. If he wins the green jacket and then oh. wins his third, which is the same amount of spill, I might never watch oh. the Masters again. I <laughs> that's mean, another like, problem too. That's another problem. Uh, so bubble, if bubble wins, he cries. Will he cry? for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd, no be worth, that'd be worth your bank account. <laughs> but anyways, my contender, um, uh, I think he's fell to fourteen to one. At one point, I think he was nine or eight to one, eight, like with the best odds. And that, that is, I don't know if you ever heard of him, Tiger Woods. Oh, Tiger my. Woods is he's so he's not gonna win this week. He yeah. Yeah. Oh, I told you it was gonna be hot. This thing is flying too close to the sun. This, this take is so hot. He's he played he played well what once once or twice this year. He hasn't won in five, 2013, and I get it. 2013, he won Player of the Year. 2012, he won like one of those years. Won five times. I get it. But it is so hard to win a major. He hasn't won a major in ten years. It's so hard to make win a major. The field's too deep. Too many guys come in playing hot. I mean, Tiger, he may, he may finish top 10. It wouldn't really surprise me. He finishes top 10 almost every year here, it seems like. I think in, like, the last 10 he played in, I think he's been in the top 10, like, almost. That's, like seven, That's fair, eight, but, it's, but he's, he's important to emphasize that he is not back. Tiger he's is not, not back. back. Like, he is, not, like, it, even if he would have won a couple weeks ago, he's not back. What is, I mean, it, I guess people overemphasize what back means. Like, do I think he'll win another tournament? I said no forever. I'm moderately convinced he'll win again. And it's great for golf. Don't get me wrong. More people watch it. Right. Like it brings in more people. It brings in kids. It brings in everybody. I get it. Like I'm all for it. All for it. He moves the needle. He is the needle. Whatever the whatever the overplayed line is. But there's a huge difference in being the needle and winning the masters. And he 
his game is not going to be there to win it. Like he may contend, but there's the field's too deep. Too many other guys are going to play well. He just, I just don't think he's got it. I mean, don't get me wrong. He has a bunch of things going for him. He's obviously comfortable there. He's won it three times, maybe four. Um, uh, of course, you have to have a lot of knowledge. Just about know what he plays well there in their first few years, like with the exception of Jordan Speed. Um, right. He has all those things working for him, but he's not going to win this week. Like he's not. And I mean, the fact that that the the fact that the public is so faded on him that he's the favorite, or I think he's now like not quite the favorite. But the fact that so many people right. bet on him and they have to hedge their liability like that is just it just shows you like how probably how ill informed a majority of people who bet on the Masters are. One hundred percent. I mean, I think that the the majority of golf fans are uninformed, to be honest with you. But can I agree with your point? Let let me say that first and foremost. But can you imagine how awesome Sunday would be on the back nine with Tiger in contention? Can we talk about that for just? A second? I mean, with Tiger and Spieth in contention for that trophy for the green jacket would be. I mean, I I wouldn't know what to do with myself. Oh, I mean, it would be great. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, it would be exciting. It would be very exciting. As much as I would be eating all my words, I'm, I just spoke, is, I mean, there's no better thing for golf. I mean, it'd be, it would be awesome. I mean, if you could come out there like speed, I mean, maybe throw like a Phil or like a Rory in there. Oh, it'd be great. But unfortunately, I mean, I, like I said, I could see him like backdoor in the top, top 10, maybe even like backdoor in the top, you know, seven, eight, five. But I just, I don't see him like really in the hunt back down on Sunday. God, I hope you're wrong. It, it would be great for golf, but I mean, I I I agree with you. I mean, um, I, I think everybody deep down is wanting Tiger to be in contention, wanting to at least make it interesting, just because think about all the people that'll watch if just Tiger's there. Like, I mean, even when he played good a couple weeks ago, all the people watching uh, just golf, just randomly, like you go, like I know I I would, I would go to work and people would just randomly, oh, you see Tiger, you see Tiger, you see back, and I'm trying like, all right, easy guys, he's probably not back, but. Um, it, it would be great just to, to watch. Trey, who do you think your pretender is? I'm going to say it and proudly, Rory McIlroy, that piece of shit, he's done. He's not making the shit. He's not doing anything. He's not going to even – he won't even see the – he'll see the course for two days and be done. Fly, back, fly his happy ass back to Northern Ireland. He will – he is, in my opinion, the biggest, most overrated player in this tournament this year. Um, I mean – He's, he plays good golf, whatever, but he hates fans, so fuck him. I hate him. He's done. <laughs> well, I don't know how supportive that was by anything other than pure hatred, but I, I respect it. <laughs> Trey, you're going right. to oh hate this. God. You're going to hate this a ton. He's not who I picked well, uh, as my winner, but he was for about 10 minutes earlier today because he did just win at Bay Hill like a month ago and actually had his best putting, statistically the best putting uh, performance he's had in his entire career ever. So the only hashtag reason that I, I – <laughs> hashtag stat guy. Um, the only thing that I will, like, fight you on if he puts – I mean, you got to put well at the Masters to win. If he puts wait, like that – Are you saying are you saying you have to make a, a lot of birdies to win golf tournament style? No, that, no. You have to make yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm eagle. Well, I, yeah, even crazier. Word on the block is the low, the more birdies you make and then whoever has the lowest score ends up winning the tournament. It's nuts. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hot take. Um, <laughs> while we're going off um, Trey's rant real quick, um, can we go touch on how much Bubba Watson is, is a terrible human being real quick as well? I can't stand, but, like, I literally, like, he damn near keeps me up at nights how much I can't stand him. He's so fake. Uh, my 
just to give you like a quick backstory, my high school best friend um, went to go, at, I think he saw like the US Open or the Buick Open out at Torrey Pines years ago. That's probably 2009. And he tells this great story. Bubba used to be his favorite guy. He's following him around. He hits it like deep behind a green. Uh, and my, my, my best friend's standing like right behind the ropes behind Bubba. And right to the left of him is like a, a small girl. Like I'm throwing an age, like under seven years old, maybe like five years old. And uh, he's deep behind the green trying to get up and up far. I think he's like marginally in the tournament. And he hits this like huge flop shot, hits it to like, I mean, probably wasn't like great, but it was like eight feet, 10 feet. And the little girl, like, after he hits it and he's, like, starting to walk off and, you know, people clap. I mean, Demi hit it to 100 feet, people clap. And then the little girl says, like, within earshot of him, like, oh, great shot, Bubba, like, in her, like, cute little voice. And he, like, smirks back over go, He goes, yeah, great fucking shot. Like, ever since then, like, I literally hope that dude gets in a playoff for every tournament and loses every one of them making quad. Like, since, like, I can't – and he's so fake. He's so fake. He, he plays this big, like – I'm a great guy. Like, I mean, okay. Like, I don't even care about his charities or whatever. Like, he always plays this, like, I'm such a man of God, that I'm a great guy. I'm so supportive. Blah, blah, blah. It's just so fake to me that, like, it drives me nuts. What about him lashing into Ted Scott? Ted Scott is his caddy, and he pulled the wrong club. I can't remember, like, two or three years ago, something like that. And Bubba just gives this, this caddy, Ted Scott, an absolute ear lashing. Oh, oh how'd you do that? Oh, oh, oh. Man, you hit the shot, dude. It's not your caddy's fault. I'm not feeling it. That is, that is very true. I mean, he he can look at the club and be like, "Well, this is a, this is a six iron. I want the seven. Yeah, he's. I mean, there's like a. I think the Noli and Hope guys do it. They have like a hashtag they throw around a lot. Like, pray for Ted Scott. Ted Scott's the name of his yeah. caddy. Like they'll fire it around take, a little bit, which is hilarious. Take it from two of the most former D2 golfers will ever be on this podcast. Um, it's definitely not the caddy. It's definitely all you being terrible, Bubba. Um, I know that from years of experience. So, like, I have half a mind to hope that Bubba's in contention and then, like, literally makes 12 on the last hole and blows up that player prop, too. Uh, <laughs> better, uh, like, better I'm literally hoping, like, 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 in a way, I want him to miss the cut and finish last every week. But then, at the same time, I actually want him to contend so – that he can and be in the spotlight up. and then blow up and then hopefully cry. He seems to cry after every that's, tournament, too. Like, win, lose, like, he just wants cool to cry. A better odds on him crying if he wins or loses. I think I literally hope he cries either way. Yeah, that's sad, man. You're, you're savage today, Kyle. Jeez. I'm telling you, I, my blood's boiling. I don't know what's worse, the Final Four predictions or my hatred for Bubba Watson. Probably Bubba Watson. I'm Bubba like, Watson, I, I thought my hatred for Roar was bad, but Jesus, Kyle. <laughs> so, ever since that little girl story, I have no, I have no time for that, dude. Hey, a little girl voice there for a second. I really got excited. Yeah, <laughs> a little creep, a little odd there. All right, so <laughs> let's kind switch of it up. Pra- phrasing, phrasing, Jack. All right, so let's switch it up. The million-dollar question. Tedford, we're going to put you on the hot seat first. All right. Who, who, I was going to say, who lifts the trophy? Who slips on the green jacket? This week, so who did Sergio slide it on? Sergio slide into the green jacket. Sergio will slide his beautiful green jacket onto my man Justin Rose. A really hot take there. He's really only contended there like every year. Yeah, I'm just saying he he's been he's been he's been in contention every year. Uh, he's always top you know one or two or top five I guess. 
Um, and a lot of the majors, he's playing really good golf late as of late. And I just think it's his turn to win the to win the Masters. And how how dare you? That's so un-American to go with the European to win the Masters. I'm really disappointed. I know. I'm all right. But no, I'm a, go with it. My, my, my big spender, my winner, my man, the biggest degenerate of all time, and fellow lefty, Phil Mickelson, wins the green jacket coming <laughs> off that win two weeks ago in Mexico. Phil, age 47, gets it back together, wins the Masters. Wow. Uh I mean, I don't know. I, I, I can never get a read on Phil. I feel like he could win or he could also miss the cut. But I'm going with actual champion. Uh, I mean, there's literally only one guy. You need a little bit of experience to play here. And you got to come in hot. You got to come in playing well. And my man, Justin Thomas, is that that guy. Uh, he, I'm pretty sure he takes over the number one position in the world if he wins. He's in good form. He finished. He lost in the semifinals at the match play, you know, a month ago before that one at the Honda. And I think he had a top 10 early in the year, too. He's coming in playing good. I remember him talking about he kind of found something at the match play that he thought would get him going. Uh, he He's ball striking is incredible. I think he's in the top 10 in, like, all the ball striking categories. Um, I was looking at it earlier. Give me a second. I mean, strikes. he's third in strokes gained. And I don't know. I mean, all these stats that don't mean scoring average is third. I mean, all the stats that don't matter because they literally mean nothing. But uh, Justin Thomas, my man, he, he hits it high, which is great at Augusta. And he generally likes to work it right to left, which you got to do at Augusta. So Justin Thomas is my man. And I'm booking him at right now he's 12 to 1. So if you want to send your second kid through college, bet a bunch of money on him 12 to 1. <laughs> also, I have a question. I, I know, you know, we those are the guys we think are going to win. Um, but who's the guy that you want to win? You know, like who's the guy who you want to have the green jacket? I'll tell you my guy first. It's Ricky Fowler. I think I want him to win a major. I think it'd be great for him to win the Masters. I love Ricky. I love the way he plays. I I'm glad he's kind of changed the look for Puma. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think he's an incredible golfer, a, a great guy. I would love to see him have one. I'll take I'll, the last. I'll, uh, Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, the, the layup. I mean, we, we, talk, we touched it before. Um, you know, he's not going to do it, but can you imagine? You, you, you'll be like, oh, I remember where I was on Sunday with Tiger Woods Masters when I was probably really drunk. <laughs> I got two. I think it would always – it's always would be cool for one of these old guys to win. And, like, Bernhard Longer contended a few times, like, in the last 10 years – Freddie Couples could take up wins a lot. Like, it would just be cool if one of those guys like actually held it together and was like 57 and won the Masters. Like it would just be like Tom Watson almost did it in the Open and like 08, 09 ish. And then I just feel like Greg it'd be Norman. cool if like what? Yeah, oh yeah, you're right. Greg Norman a few years after that almost did it too. It'd just be cool if like a guy like Fred Couples, I'll just I'll throw him for example, like actually did it. Like I just it'd just be so cool for that to happen. Um, now let's talk about a guy that actually has a chance. I would like to win it. I mean, Justin Thomas, he's probably my favorite American, so he's definitely up there. But actually, I'll, I'll kind of piggyback on you, uh, Trey. I want to, I mean, Ricky, his game has been trending. I was it two years ago? He was top five in every major. Yep. I mean, his game's been there. He just hasn't quite got it done. Uh, he's kind of notorious for, on occasions, kind of folding in that last round. Uh, so I think, I mean, I like him. He's an 
American, which USA. Uh, America. America, yeah, exactly. So, I'll, I mean, yeah, Ricky would be oh, Ricky be Ricky would be a good one. I'd like to see him. He's gonna get one eventually, so why not why not do it here? Exactly. Well, perfect. Well, I think that's all uh, all we have for you guys today. Uh, thank you for taking the time to listen to Sports Down South. Uh, love to have you. I have some comments. See what y'all want to listen to next time. And other than that, have a good one.